Let's be radically honest. The reason you decided to become an entrepreneur wasn't to put yourself last and sacrifice your health and well-being. You were looking for freedom. Imagine if you could create the life and business of your dreams without working any harder. Imagine if stress and overwhelm were a thing of the past. What if the way forward isn't about a brand new approach and all you need is a mindset shift instead? Business intuitive coach Ranchelle Van Bryce is here to guide you through letting go of the underlying beliefs that are holding you back so you can stop making a living and start creating your epic life. Welcome, everyone. I hear the crowd roar in the background. I'm so excited to have you here, whether you're listening to us live or you're listening to recording afterwards. I got to tell you, I am one super proud mama at the moment because I have with me my incredible daughter, Mackenzie Alexander, is my guest speaker today. Kenzie Ellen, hello and welcome. (laughs) So excited uh, to be offering this opportunity app. You know, I'm often asked from um, lots of parents ask me about, you know, how I raised my kids and what I maybe did a little bit differently than other parents and just kind of how I showed up. And there is, you know, times that you know, truly, I would say you know, we we would have this joke in our in our household when it wasn't going well. We'd say, "Oh, let's throw five bucks into the therapy jar because therapy in our house and coaching in our house was commonplace." Um, but I certainly made a decision early on in my and um, as a parent to uh, I guess parent my my children different than I was parented and. Uh, nothing against my parents. It's just that there was a certain way that I, I look at my life now and go, oh yeah, that, you know, here's how maybe there could have been something done differently. And so I made this commitment. And so when people ask me, you know, when did you start teaching your kids about manifesting and accountability? You know, it was like, oh man, like it, they, uh, uh, they were young, like they were really, really young. And so yeah. And so I I thought, well, who better to share the experience of being a child of a parent who talks about accountability and manifesting other than someone who experienced it. So Mackenzie Ellen, I'm super excited. Thank you so much for being my guest here today. I'm excited to be here, mom. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. And so, you know, I certainly want to honor Mackenzie. So Mackenzie lives in Moostaw, Saskatchewan with her partner, uh, boyfriend, Ethan, and her two lovely cats. They are, you know, quite the handful. Uh, So it's, you know, great to have her here. She's a legal assistant for the government of Saskatchewan and has always been this very determined child. In fact, when she was born, uh, her dad and I were going to name her Catherine or Mackenzie, and she came out announcing to the world that she had arrived and she certainly was not she was not a Catherine she was a Mackenzie and so again um I'm kind of giddy today because you know I've got my baby she's not a baby got my baby here with me so Kenzie you know we talked about this earlier about having you you know here at the show and we actually were trying to coordinate both uh Mackenzie and Jacob her brother and realized this just different scheduling and different time zones, it wasn't possible. Um, And I know that when we talked about this, I said, you know, do you remember me talking about manifesting with you at a young age? Uh, Do you remember even me using those words? And so that's kind of where I want to start this, this interview process is by, by that question. You know, was that something that you were? Yeah, I definitely remember. I don't know, like, 
the exact age, but mom, you were always telling us that whatever we wanted, we could have it and do it as long as we thought about it. And it applied to school, sports, work, housing, like whatever we wanted to have, we could have it as long as we thought about it. Yeah, that's awesome. And so can you um, give maybe some examples of you know, when you were younger, uh, how that happened versus maybe some of the newest things that you've manifested, like where you live right now. So, um, as far as like being younger, I remember we, well, both Jake and I were constantly playing sports and I know it came time to like choose what we had to do and whatnot. And we just had to think about the teams that we wanted to be on the teams that we wanted to make. Um, as far as tryouts go and I just remember wanting to be on all the competitive ones and and you saying hey you just got to show up and do your best and then work on it and make it work yeah excellent and you know so you and I've talked about this with you know with um with Jacob as well at different times and you know the the this art of manifesting and so it can be really really simple and it can be part of you know can be part of your lifestyle and I remember you sharing a story with me just recently about sports and how, um, you know, you were, you were, so you were involved in, I guess I'll share with the audience. So Mackenzie was in competitive dance. She was with the dance school in Camrose and we placed her in Camrose uh, in the competitive dance because Mackenzie came out of my womb competitive. Like it was like, it was like, like, like the craziest thing ever. And so we decided that that's where she needed to be. And then as she, you know, grew up and was in, in different, uh, the elementary school and then junior high, again, competitive basketball, competitive volleyball, competitive, competitive softball. Um, Kenzie played uh, recreational soccer for the first couple of years and just decided that, you know, that wasn't, that wasn't for her, it was very clear. It wasn't competitive enough. It wasn't competitive enough. It was not competitive enough. <laughs> So, you know, even there's, um, you know, I'll share this story about, about like your kids come out with a personality, right? And so, you know, one day in grade four, grade five, Mackenzie was playing, um, they were playing basketball and it was just like intramural sports. And so, you know, I sat down and, and sat down next to a mom and said, so, you know, what's like kind of what's the score? And the mom said, oh, they don't, they don't keep track. They don't score. Um and I'm like, what? And then she goes, no, it's not good for the self-esteem for the kids if they keep score. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting. And so afterwards I said to Mackenzie, so did you have fun? She's like, yeah. And I said, yeah, someone told me that they don't keep score. And she goes, oh yeah, but we won. And so I said, what do you mean? And she goes, oh, I keep score. <laughs> and so, uh, and, and so, you know, I think part of the manifesting piece is really is from that perspective as a parent of a child like really I thought you know when I had Mackenzie I she was going to come out as this like open slate and I was going to mold her to be this like epic self-confident you know uh, woman which she is and I don't think I molded her though I I I think I adapted and adjusted my parenting to her personality and I I think I was going to say, I was going to ask if you agree with that. I think when you do that as a parent, when you adjust your parenting skills to the personality of your child, because Mackenzie and Jacob are very different, when you can make that adjustment and you're not trying to control them and you're not trying to make them do things, you know, so I guess that's another form of control, but you can parent them in a way that um, allows them to make decisions. 
so part of manifesting is accountability and decision making. And I know, Ken, we talked about this actually just yesterday. And so I'd love for you to share, you know, one of the stories that we talked about with um, you uh, making decisions and, and what age do if you remember, because I didn't ask you that if you remembered what age that was at. I'm sorry, you cut out. I didn't hear oh, what you asked. No worries. No, no worries at all. So I was just saying, um, if, if you remember the age that I, that you really took accountability and responsibility and were making decisions. And so I know we were talking about that the other day. If you could share that story, that would be great. Yeah. Um, so when I was in about the eighth grade, I was dancing and I had about 10 or more dances on my plate at the time. And I also had started playing um club volleyball which is the competitive volleyball league and like the off season of volleyball and then I also had competitive uh slow or fast pitch going on and it was difficult because there were weekends that collided and I didn't know whether or not I'd be able to make it to everything and it came down to it that I had to pick one over the other two and that was really difficult but I ended up picking my dance team because I'd been committed with them way longer than I'd been committed with my volleyball team or my fast pitch team and it was difficult and I remember being really upset by having to make that decision but mom mom made me make it by myself it wasn't something she was going to make for me she said you have to pick and whatever you pick it's going to be fine you can pick any of them but I knew kind of deep down that I had to pick that team that I had been committed to for longer yeah yeah and I think um, and that's key, Ken's, is, is sharing with the, with, with the, the audience, if you are raising children, is that you know, supporting your kids and the decisions that they make, but also letting them know, and I think this is one of the things that I did do well, there's, there's things I didn't do well, but the thing that I did do well was letting my kids know that you can't actually fuck this up. And I, and I actually spoke like that. Um, I think I used mess up until they were about 15. And then I, then it was, became, you can't if, actually. If that, 15, if that. He's <laughs> saying, so you can't actually fuck this up and giving them the opportunity to not be afraid of making mistakes, which, um, you know, was huge because uh, so many people are afraid of failure um, and and, uh, and making mistakes and so giving them that opportunity, uh, you know, certainly. But although now um, Mackenzie uh, doesn't like to be wrong. And, and so and I share this because, you know, when in, in my world of coaching, I talk, you know, as a human species, we either need to be right or need to not be wrong. And Mackenzie came out, you know, out, again, out of the womb not wanting to be wrong and so uh so you know un, uh, unprepared question Mackenzie but when you're in a position where you know you're having to kind of work through that that's part of manifesting as well everyone that's why I'm asking her this is the confidence to know that and so I mean if you could share a little bit of the insight into like you as a young person or you even now is how did you um manage or wrestle with knowing that you might be wrong at something, you know, so and I'm, I'm totally putting her on the spot. I would say as a kid, I didn't, I, I did not manage well with that. I did not like to be wrong. It's not necessarily that I had to be right. It's that I didn't want to be wrong, yeah. whether my opinion or the facts that I was providing were different than the other person's. I didn't have to be right, but I didn't have to be wrong either. Um, and I didn't, I can't say I managed that well. I know I got angry and pissed off quite a bit as a kid, <laughs> a young teenager at that, but I'd say like, now that I've grown up, 
at 25 years old, I would say that I manage it a lot better. Um, and I do think that having my constructive criticism from all of the sports that I partook in and even bosses, I've had lots of bosses that have provided great constructive criticism. I think that's been a huge asset into me understanding that, you know what, it's okay to be wrong and I don't always have to be the one to have the right point. Yeah. That's, um, that's a great, um, that's a great point. I think, so one of the things that uh, certainly has made a difference in Mackenzie's life and, and my life as a parent is having her in competitive sports. Like there's sports and then there's competitive sports and then there may be even uber competitive. So sometimes Mackenzie was an, an uber competitive and sometimes she was in competitive, but never was she up until now was she in something that was recreational. Um, you know, and I remember, uh, I'll tell this one story um, and then we'll go to our first break. But, you know, when Mackenzie was in grade two, uh, they had, um, uh, they did a, a, a spelling, like a, a, a spelling bee, like just, uh, right, just a surprise spelling test. And she came home and she was very irritated. And so finally, you know, I, I said to her, like, kind of what's like, what's going on? What's happening? And she said that they had this like, you know, surprise test. And, you know, um, Mackenzie doesn't wait, doesn't like surprises from that perspective, right? Likes no. gifts as surprises, but <laughs> nothing else. So she does inherit that from me. We like a plan. We like a solid plan. We're flexible as long as we have a solid plan. And she was upset and she said, I got two X's and I, and I didn't even really know what she's talking about. And because she, of course... <laughs> we didn't really talk about right or wrong in our house so that was the other thing about manifesting like we didn't use those words that people were that our kids were good or bad or right or wrong and so she's like, i got these two x's and, and and i said yeah but you got eight check marks eight right she's like yeah but i got two x's and i'm like you can't get a hundred percent all the time in your spelling and she said well why not and i said well okay yeah you could that would just mean that you would need to you would need to study spelling words every night well, this kid, grade two, decided that she did not want to have any X's, not even, again, didn't know the word wrong. And she studied every single, uh, I would say every single week, um, maybe not every single day, but enough that she got 100% on her, her pop quizzes in spelling um, every week from then on. And so this is what I'm talking about, adjusting, adapting your parenting link. Um, I, you know, I uh, don't want to, like, I avoid being wrong and, uh, but I don't necessarily have uh, perfectionism as part of my personality. Although I think some people would disagree with that. But for me, I felt like that, well, that wasn't it. Where Mackenzie is, that was very much things in her world need to be that way. So when you're talking about, and then we're going to talk about this after the break. So when you're talking about, you know, um, raising a child who, right, is competitive in nature, maybe has a bit of perfectionism. And again, you know, my idea was that I would mold this, this child into so that she wouldn't have these challenges in her life, but she came out this way. And so I had to adapt my parenting skills to how she was showing up. And as I was, as learning manifestation on my own, and then, you know, how do I impart this on my kids? I knew that for Mackenzie, perfectionism um, and the need to, the need to not be wrong, her brother needs to be right. The need to not be wrong would affect her. And so after break, we'll talk a little bit more about that. Oh, and we'll share some more awesome stories. So thank you so much, everyone. Uh, Mackenzie, again, thank you for being here as my guest. 
go to our first break. My name is Ranchal. You're on Ignite Your Success with Ranchal, and we're on Inspired Choices. Many of us view success as something that you arrive at, something you pursue, something you have to make happen. What if you ignited success within yourself? What if you viewed success differently, changed the way you look at it? Would you feel differently about yourself and your journey? Tuning in to Ignite Your Success with business intuitive coach Ranchelle Van Bryce, you'll receive tools and insight to ignite your very own success differently. Join Ranchelle Wednesdays on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com at 5 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Mountain, 2 p.m. Pacific. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspire Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Welcome back to Ignite Your Success with Ranchell. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also send an email to rvb at igniteyoursuccess.ca. Welcome back, everyone. And so if you're just joining me now, I'm super giddy. I think that's a great word. I'm giddy today because I have with me uh, this incredible guest. As you know, I always have great guests. However, this is an incredible guest, Stellar. Uh, her name is Mackenzie Alexander, and she happens to be my daughter. So, I mean, I'm feeling like a very proud mama. Very proud mama. Again, uh, Mackenzie, welcome and welcome back to the show after our commercial break. And so I appreciate you being here. Thank you for having me, Mom. So the next question that I have for you is, you know, when you were growing up, um, we lived in Camrose at the time, which is a small city in Alberta. Uh, were you aware mm -hmm. of how um, different uh, you were parented? And maybe even can you share some examples of how that maybe was felt good at some times, but there was probably times that it didn't really feel really cool that <laughs> you had such different parents. And so I'd love uh, for you to share with the audience a little your experience about that. I, I was definitely, I think both Jake and I, I can speak for the two of us on this matter. <laughs> we were both aware that you parented and dad too, but parented very differently than almost all of our friends' parents. Um, growing up, it was, uh, if we wanted to do something or go or have, it was a hey, mom, I'm going to do this explanation of whatever it was. Is that okay? As opposed to, can I go out and do this? Or can I go hang out with these friends? Or can I go here? Can I go there? It was always a, I'm going to go do this. Is that fine with you? And most of the time they said yes. But when they said no, no was no, no questions asked. You dropped it, left it as that. Um, I'd say like most of the time it worked out and our friends were able to do whatever it was that we wanted to go out and do. But there were times that mom and dad would say, yeah, that's fine. Go ahead. And I'd have nobody to go out and do it with because their parents would say no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were pretty laid back parents, you know, um, you know, I think yeah, as well. 
And, you know, one of the reasons why, you know, that ended up happening was uh, there's like, it's at two sides. The first one was at that time I had all the curves and I was really overwhelmed with making decisions. And so when the kids would ask me if they could do something, I literally had to, and this is what happens in your brain. The moment you, you ask your brain or your brain's asked a question, you have to like go through all of the, you know, possibilities, permutations, you know, of it. And my answer always was no at first. And then I'd, ha- and then I'd have to like think about it. So I would pause and not say no. And then I would like take time to think. And, you know, even I've talked before about my human design. And so in, in human design, I'm a processor and how I process, I process out loud. So I need to talk through things um, when asked a question. But if someone makes a statement like that, I can, my brains work like this. And I think most of us are like that. And so- so that was there is that part of it, but and and then as I started to see that kids, you know, become more independent in their decision making, uh, that was really really cool. Was because they were able to like make these decisions, and now I witness both of my my kids, Mackenzie being twenty five and Jacob being twenty three, making decisions. Um, I would say easily, easily, easily you know, um, not effortlessly, but easily and be able to rationalize themselves themselves, and process um, either with their dad or I or their partners, but really having this opportunity to be clear about what it is that they, what is it that they want. Um, Would you agree with that, Kenz? I would, yeah. I definitely have an easier time, like you said, not effortlessly, but an easier time knowing what I want and trying to figure out a way to get it. Yeah, excellent. And then, and that leads to the the manifesting. I think one of my favorite stories, um, well, I have so many about you and manifesting, but the the most recent one that that I think about um, is moving to Moose Jaw. And I'd love for you to to share like the whole, you know, and I know it's a bit of a story and I think it's important that we share this, but the process of how you, like the yeah the entire story of how you the first of all when you decided that you were moving to Musta, and then how you went about making the decision the commitment to to, uh, to Musta, how you manifested the the space that you're in and how you manifested your jobs and so like I said I know it's a story and, and so please don't shorten the story but if you could share the entire story I think yep. that would be very helpful for people for sure uh so in the spring of what are we 2020 2022 um my boyfriend Ethan and I had decided we wanted to move back to Moose Jaw which is where he's from and I we'd been living in Saskatoon and paying a ridiculous amount of rent and I just kept saying we need to find a place that is budget friendly and it's got to have enough space for us and the cats and we have a roommate that lives with us and we've just we need at least three bedrooms we need two bathrooms and I don't want to live in an apartment so we need to rent a house and so we started looking and looking and we had done viewing after viewing and we weren't finding anything and every day I'd wake up and I'd say this is what I want <laughs> this is what we need and we need to get it and I don't know June or July we had found a little house just on Facebook Facebook marketplace and we came down to look at it and it was it is three bedrooms two bathrooms fits the three of us and my two cats perfectly and it's below what we had budgeted for it was a, I like to call a steal of a deal. And I, every day I would tell myself that this is what we were looking for and we found it, which was great. As far as moving down here, I was working at the 
um, for the government of Saskatchewan in Saskatoon, and there wasn't any openings in Moose Jaw at the time when we moved, so I transferred to the same sort of office in Regina, which is a 45-minute drive from Moose Jaw, so I was commuting every day from the middle of September up until the middle of February, and we'll get there in a second, um, and every day I would look online to see if there's any more government jobs opening up in Moose Jaw, and every day I would phone mom and be like, oh, there's nothing yet. We need this, like, mom, we need this, like, you got to help me with this. We are, we got to get this shit figured out. Like mm -hmm. I can't afford to drive here. I don't make enough to drive there and pay my rent now. <laughs> um, and every day mom, whether or not she assisted me with it, but I would tell her, Hey, we got it. Like, we're thinking of this, we're opening, we're manifesting a job in Moose Jaw. We're manifesting a job in Moose Jaw. And in November, there was like four positions that opened up on the government website and I applied to all four of them. I didn't care what job it was. I just needed to work for the government <laughs> and in the city that I lived in. I could not afford to drive any longer to Regina. And I applied to all of them and hadn't heard a single thing. But I still, every day, I would say, I'm getting a job in Moose Jaw. I'm getting a job in Moose Jaw. This is what it'll look like. And I would like describe in my head what it would look like. So I'd say, oh, I'm sitting at my desk. And I would just give a couple like different like kind of job options that I could be doing based on the jobs that I had applied for. And I would picture myself getting in my car, only driving a few blocks to work or walking when it's nice out. And I did that every day from November until I heard back from them at the end of January. And at the end of January, I got offered a job to work at the uh, for the government here in Moose Jaw. And it's been fantastic. I saved so much money not spending $400 a week on gas driving to and from and now we're currently manifesting to save money to buy a house. And now we're trying to figure out what the house will look like so we can start thinking about that. Yeah, I love that story. And the other thing that happened um, too with Mackenzie is when she phoned me and said like, you know, and she asked for my assistance, uh, we start to kind of dig in a little bit. What she realized was that she, there was a part of her that really wanted the job in Moose Jaw. And there was a part of her that didn't want to leave her, her staff like her friends in Regina, the moment she made that, that, that awareness, like, oh, so it, you know, we call it the split focus. I want one thing, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not really willing to let go of the other thing. The moment that she realized that she could still be friends and that she could create more friends in Musta and, and how much, and it was, and it was based on the money, how much money she would save in not driving, I think it was like really within, wasn't it like two weeks, maybe Ken's, hey, where if that, that, if that. If that, yeah, as soon as I realized that I could still have everything that I had in Regina, but not have to work there, my opportunities opened up, I would yeah. say. That's a good way to describe it. <laughs> right. And I think part of that happened, you know, what happens. And so there's two, I guess, opportunities, you know, that, uh, that I want to share with the audience. So one of them is, is that, you know, allowing your kids to, um, to express when they're frustrated or angry and giving them the space and you know to do that and not um and not trying to fix anything so with with Mackenzie and I was um, both Mackenzie and Jacob as a parent when they phone me with concerns or problems or challenges you know the one of the first things that I ask is are you know uh, how do you want me to show up for you today like do you want me just to listen to you like bitch or wine and, you know, and, and not say anything. Can I just do want my, just my shoulder? Are you looking for me to actively participate in finding a solution? Um, do you want me to be a coach? <laughs> do you want me to be your mom? Like, what does that look like for you? And, and because of the relationship and, and, uh, and I've always kind of done that, maybe not in those words, 
but really never went in to fix anything for my kids. And so I think part of manifesting and, and is the accountability piece, but also um, knowing that we can be there for our kids, we can provide assistance for our kids, we can provide feedback for them, um, but we're, we're not meant to control their life. We're not meant to tell them what to do. And you know, by doing that, then what can happen for your kids, what can be manifested from that is this ability to uh, make decisions and also to be completely accountable and responsible for their own actions and understand that there's consequences to uh, to those actions and really, um, you know, uh, feeling into that. I think that's one of the, the benefits of it. And then again, as they express their frustration or, or challenges with you, like Mackenzie doesn't want me to fix anything for her. She's quite capable of fixing things. Um, but what she what she does want is like, you know, an ear, you know, someone to, to lean on. And I think, again, that parents, we don't, we we forget that. We feel like as a parent uh, um, that our children's behavior is our responsibility, right? That, and, and their challenges as reflective or their personalities are reflective of our ability to parent or even deeper, our ability, um, who we are as a human being. And I think that's a mistake. Um, and so Kenzie, I guess one of the things that, um, and we're, and we're gonna go to, um, to a break here shortly, but, um, and we talk, we've talked about this lots about, you know, the accountability piece. And so, you know, one of those pieces was you said was when you were, you know, in all the sports and you had to make the decision, but can you think off the top of your head of other times maybe where, you know, you wanted me to help you make a decision, your dad to help you make a decision. And we just allowed you the opportunity to experience the decision. Even at the end, it wasn't, a, you realized it maybe wasn't the best decision for you. Um, yeah, when I moved to Edmonton for my grade 12 year. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want uh, to I can, yeah, I can expand a little bit. Um, after my parents separated, my mom and my brother moved to Red Deer and I did not want to go and I couldn't stay with my dad because of his shift work. And I chose to move to Edmonton to live with my mom's sister. It's my aunt. And I went to school there for my grade 12 year. I had going there. I had no friends. And I mean, Edmonton was only like an hour drive from camera. So it's not like I was far from my high school friends there, but it definitely, the school I picked to go to, I picked to go to because they had a competitive basketball team and it was a sports school. All of their, they had sports academies for everything. And that's why I picked to go there. And I thought at the time that that's what I needed, but I realized like probably two or three years after I probably could have just gone to Red Deer and I didn't need to move to Edmonton. <laughs> um, it, the experience was great, but it, I, I don't regret it. I won't say I regret it, but I wish at the time, even though I was being accountable for my own actions, I wish at the time maybe my mom would have said, no, you don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a great, and that's a great example, right? Because, you know, um, people said to me like, lots like, oh my goodness, that must've been so hard. And it's like, it totally sucked. <laughs> like it totally sucked, <laughs> right? For all of us. And, um, you know, uh, it just even like Mackenzie is my child. I'm, you know, when I make a decision, I make a decision. There's no convincing. And so I just knew in my heart that uh, although I didn't want her to go um, and same thing, I have no regrets. So, you know, I didn't want her to go there, but her being there and, and being independent, like she lived with my sister 
and she um she was really independent and uh, you know i remember this and i'll share this then we'll go to break is when so my sister is one of my sister's name is natasha and so when she's living with natasha mackenzie said to natasha like you know and asked her like what kind of rules do you have you know for your kids and so because i want to be respectful of the rules and then Mackenzie said, like, I don't ask mom to do anything. I tell mom what I'm doing. And then if she doesn't want me to, or I can't, then, then she says no. And that just boggled Natasha's mind. She's like, what do you mean you don't ask? And Mackenzie's like, I don't ask. I'll t- you'll always know what I'm doing. Always. And I did. I always knew, like, when the kids were doing something that was like, maybe a little sketchy. I was aware of it. And I was like, well, there's consequences to, you know, to, to you know, to doing those things as a young person. And, you know, again, allowing uh, the kids to both of the kids to like, you know, have the consequences of that. And it was foreign to my sister who like knew where her kids are going at all times and, you know, and would say uh, yes or no. Um, and so that's a, that's a great example. Thanks, Ken. And so we're, we're just uh, let's go into very quickly. Let's go into our next break. Thanks so much, everyone, for being here with me. My name is Ranchal. The show is Ignite Your Success. And of course, we're on Inspired Choices Network. Thank you. Many of us view success as something that you arrive at, something you pursue, something you have to make happen. What if you ignited success within yourself? What if you viewed success differently, changed the way you look at it? Would you feel differently about yourself and your journey? Tuning in to Ignite Your Success with business intuitive coach Ranchelle Van Bryce, you'll receive tools and insight to ignite your very own success differently. Join Ranchelle Wednesdays on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com at 5 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Mountain, 2 p.m. Pacific. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. Welcome back to Ignite Your Success with Ranchell. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also send an email to rvb at igniteyoursuccess.ca. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, so excited to have you here. Today, I have a very special guest with me. It's my incredible daughter, Mackenzie Alexander. And I'm giggling because, well, I'm giddy that she's here. I'm also giggling because, you know, in between commercial breaks, they're grooving. And it reminds me of a story. And we were in um, Superstore in Camrose, and there was music, and I was dancing to it. And Mackenzie was so embarrassed, and she's just like... Oh, mom, mortified. Not embarrassed, (laughs) mortified. Anytime we're in public, she'll do something, because she knows I get embarrassed easily by shit like that. I love her, and I'm glad that she does it now, but, like, as a kid... That's terrible. <laughs> Mortified. Yes. Five more dollars in the in the therapy jar. Thank you very much. Ten. <laughs> Ten dollars. Ten dollars. And so, and I remember, like, and so 
And Darcy, her dad would say to me, like, why do you do that? It's like it embarrasses Mackenzie. And I and I would say to I would say to him lots, she needs to, to learn that that how I behave has nothing to do with her. And 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 we're all independent and we're, you know, and we're all like so it, we might be all connected, but like what I do shouldn't affect her at all, and and vice versa. And so now she, of course, is okay with me dancing and grooving. Um, but yes, she was mortified as a child. So that's what I was giggling about when we came back. Thinking, look at you all okay and maybe kind of grooving with me in, in <laughs> commercials right I love it I think and I think that's part of it too is like you know I hear lots of people you know say my child embarrassed me and I'm like how how your, your child can't embarrass you right your child can't make you angry or or make you um make you sad I mean I you know today I said I'm super proud of Mackenzie um and I am both of her and her brother and so I, you know, I feel proud, but, you know, growing, uh, growing up, one of the things that I learned as a child was, and I was about 14 or 15 when I learned it, which is that I'm only responsible for my own feelings and I can't make anybody angry or make anyone happy or make anyone sad. And so one of the things that I tried to instill with the kids as well is that it's, it's, um, perfectly okay to have all the emotions that you have and express the emotions that you express and never want you to feel like you can't express it, but also, you know, sharing with them that your boyfriend or friends can't make you anything, that you are responsible for your behavior. And, and so um, that must have been tough, though, growing up, hey, Ken's for you, because that's, again, not a common. I don't know about tough. I know it was difficult at times, because sometimes it's just easier to blame other people for the way that you're acting or reacting as opposed to taking your own accountability for it. But it's definitely, I'd say it's helped me in the last like five years or even since I moved out of the house or at least to Edmonton or from Edmonton to Saskatchewan, it's definitely made a difference. I need to, it took me a long time to realize that people don't make me angry. I'm choosing to react that way. Um, and it, you know, it never really feels like you're choosing to be happy when somebody makes you happy. Like usually like it does feel like they're doing that. I find it just comes more into play when you're angry or frustrated or upset, sad, any of those other less happy emotions, that it's really your choice to respond that way, not anybody else's doing on their part. Right. I love that. Thank you for sharing. And so, you know, again, just want, you know, people ask me all the time about, you know, how, how do I, how do I teach, you know, the creation and manifestation to my kids and how do I teach goal setting? And, you know, um, at a young age, I mean, I always, I would always um, set goals. And this is one of my favorite stories about the kids is, um, Kenz, I think you were what, you were 14 or something, right? When I started to bodybuild. 14 or 15. Yeah. Yeah. Mackenzie and I were having a conversation because I'd watched her play um, basketball that week and she had um, a splint in her side, like a side splint from running. And the coach asked her if she wanted to come off right? And she like could tell she was in pain. And the coach asked her if she wanted to come off the court and she kept on brushing him off and saying, no, she was fine. And so she finished her shift. And then at the end of the, the uh, that night, I said to her, like, how do you, how can you like run in pain? Like, I'm just, because both the kids are competitive in nature and sports. And I just, I never played sports. And as a kid, I was too afraid, uh, too afraid of not being good enough. And so I was in awe of, you know, actually birthing these two incredible athletes and, and they just like got in. And Mackenzie, especially Mackenzie is out of, out of uh, everyone is the most competitive rate. Mm -hmm. And 
<laughs> she's like, no. And so I, and I said to her, like, how does that, how does that happen? And she said, well, <clears throat> you know, that it's, uh, it's not going to, I know it's not going to kill me. And I know that it will, I'll, I can get over it. And she said, I just, you just, you just do it, mom. You just do it. And then we, you know, kind of started talking about goal setting. And, you know, I shared, like, I, I always set goals and their dad and I never really set goals together. We would talk about things. And so I don't know if uh, Darcy at that time set goals for himself or not, to be honest with you. But I remember Mackenzie specifically asking me, was there ever anything I ever wanted to do, but hadn't done it? And I said, no, like I'm, you know, I've been fairly comfortable and confident in doing that and whatever. And then I went upstairs into like, so our, we lived at bi-level, I went upstairs to my bedroom and I realized that I'd always wanted to bodybuild, but I had never bought in bodybuilding because my, A, my dad, um, you know, so now I was like 45. My dad uh, thinks it's gross. And, um, and, and I wasn't sure how Darcy would react. So Mackenzie's dad. And so I always put bodybuilding off and then I, Mackenzie and Jacob both inspired me. Cause I, I've always said to them, you can do whatever you want to, you just have to make the decision and then you, uh, you visualize it. And so I thought, well, that's kind of hypocritical. If now I'm recognizing that I've always wanted to bodybuild, if I don't at least try. And so the next day I made a decision to bodybuild and the year later, um, actually nine months later, I was in my first competition and I competed for about two years. And so at a time that most women um, retire from bodybuilding, <laughs> I decided to get into it. And it was the, from the inspiration of the kids that gave me that, I guess, because I was, I wanted to show the kids you know, like to walk, like to, if you're going to talk the talk, then, and then walk the walk. And so, you know, in sharing that, you know, what, what does this has to do with manifestation and creation? It has everything to do with it, because whether you're setting a, a manifestation, or you're setting a goal, you know, what um, the kids and I have talked about lots is you make a decision. And like Mackenzie gave you examples of every day she, you know, talks about, she thinks about what she wants and then you adjust. So if you're not going in the right direction, you adjust your behavior, you adjust your attitude, your beliefs or whatever it is. Um, so that you can create and manifest everything you want. And so one of um, the, the, one of their last questions, we're almost, uh, I can't believe we're almost done uh, together. So um, one of the questions that I have uh, for you, Mackenzie, is, you know, not everyone thinks like, um, like you. And so uh, how are, how do you, I don't know if handle is the right, the right word, but you know, lots of times people will say to me, well, doesn't your boyfriend or partner or like husband or whatever have to be on the same page as you? And I've always said no, but I'd love from your perspective, um, what that's like for you as a 25 year old, um, who's, you know, who does create and manifest. Um, I'd say like, same thing. Like, I don't, I don't care if we're on the same page or not. He is well aware of the shit that goes on in my mind when I want something. <laughs> um, and I think that like, it also has to do with the way that we were raised. So that didn't happen in his household yeah. and it happened in mine. And I think when the two of us put our minds together for things that we really want anyways, we do every once in a while, he'll say, Oh, I want this or, Oh, I want this. And I'm like, okay, well just think it every day. Just think about it and it'll happen eventually. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I think Ethan's starting to see that as well. Right. Because you've been so open about it. Like, it's not, it's not like you do this in secret. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
that uh, that makes that makes perfect sense. So I and I appreciate that. I think that's one of the things, as I said earlier, is that we people believe that everyone has to be like on the same page, and um, to, in order for things to happen, in order for manifestation to happen, and they certainly and that's bullshit. Okay, you don't yeah. have to do that. <laughs> That's bullshit. There you go. Now you've heard it. Mackenzie said <laughs> that's bullshit. You don't, yeah, you don't need that. And, and again, I, and I agree, right. That you don't, you don't need it. That's a myth out there that everything, everyone has to be on the same page. And so, you know, really thinking about that, uh, from what that, that perspective. So no, I appreciate that. Um, there was one more question I want to ask. It's going to hang on. Let me like grab it from the air. And so, um, yeah, you know what, we're going to, we, we have, um, we have a break here shortly. So here's a question for you, um, but don't answer it right away. We're going to go to break. Okay. So after break, Mackenzie, can you share um, with the audience um, what advice would you give to parents today about uh, when would be a good time to teach their kids about manifestation and um, and what that could look like? Uh, at any age and just you know just your insight as being the, the the child of a parent who you know who did and you know what you said earlier was really cool because you said you know I probably didn't even use the words creation and manifestation right uh, because I and certainly I remember not wanting to complicate the situation but wanted you to have the effects of and so when we get back from break here let's we'll go to break here um I'd love for you to share that story. So again, thanks everyone for joining. Uh, well, let's go to our next break. My name is Ranchelle. You are on Ignite Your Success with Ranchelle and we're here on Inspired Choices Network. Many of us view success as something that you arrive at, something you pursue, something you have to make happen. What if you ignited success within yourself? What if you viewed success differently, changed the way you look at it, would you feel differently about yourself and your journey? Tuning in to Ignite Your Success with business intuitive coach Ranchelle Van Bryce, you'll receive tools and insight to ignite your very own success differently. Join Ranchelle Wednesdays on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com at 5 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Mountain, 2 p.m. Pacific. Welcome back to Ignite Your Success with Ranchelle. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also send an email to rvb at igniteyoursuccess.ca. All right, and thank you so much and welcome back everyone for the last portion of the show here. Today we're talking about, um, you know, how to teach your kids how to manifest. And I have this incredible guest with me. Her name is Mackenzie Alexander. She happens just to be my, just, just to be my daughter. Mackenzie, Mackenzie, excuse me. There we go. Uh, thanks so much for joining me today. Um, I feel super, super proud and pumped. And I'm still giddy. We're almost at the end of the show. <laughs> I'm still giddy. Happy to be here. Yeah. And she's grooving with me in, in uh, during the commercials, so that's that's great. We'll have to have a dance party here soon, right? <laughs> dance party, dance party at the dance. So before we went to commercial, I you know I had said that you know I'd really like for you to I guess give some insight in your own words, um, you know, advice to parents who really want to teach their kids how to manifest. Um, when do you think is a good time? And what advice, any advice at, at all that you think that a parent would need to uh, teach their kids, what the things that you've learned? 
I don't know if there's a right or a wrong time to start teaching your kids how to manifest. I mean, like my mom said, they she didn't use the words manifest or create when we were younger, but I'd say when we were about six to eight, you had started showing us that whatever we wanted was possible. Um, so I don't think that there's an age before that or an age after that. I think it's just kind of up to whatever your kids are open to and then whatever you as a parent are open to. Um, and then like leading by example too. So showing them that it's not weird or uncommon for people to dream about the things that they want and the things that they want to create for themselves in their lives. My mom shared two common phrases with my brother and I growing up. And the first one is how you do one thing is how you do everything. And that stuck with both my brother, Jacob and I for, well, we still use that to this day. (laughs) And the other one is if you want it to work, just think it and it will. And I think having two role models, like both of my parents in our lives to show us that anything was possible, despite maybe it looking like it's not anywhere in the near future for you, um, having them to show us that you could do anything was just really awesome. I think it's a huge thing to have a huge important thing to have role models like that in your life to look up to. Yeah, perfect. Thank you for sharing that. And, you know, part of what we're talking about early is this, um, and I think this is, you know, I've actually never realized the significance of it, uh, which is the, the accountability and the responsibility piece and allowing your kids to make decisions. And as I was thinking about Mackenzie, you know, um, so we lived by her elementary school and and then the, uh, they had an opportunity to move to a different, Mackenzie might have to correct my language, junior high, right? And then from junior high, they could go into high school. And, you know, um, when Mackenzie, because Mackenzie was uh, in basketball, so in grade six, she had um, the teachers from both um, both junior high schools come and check her out because they wanted her to go to their school and they wanted her to play uh, basketball for them. And um, so then we went to what they referred to as open house. And there was two open houses that we went to. Because <clears throat> I don't know if you remember this. So I remember. <laughs> right. And so we went to um, went to these these two uh, schools. And then Mackenzie was the one to make the decision as to where she wanted to go. This had nothing to do with her father and I. And do you remember how and why you made the decision to go to the school that you went to? I think I liked the coach more. I just, I felt more at home at the junior high open house um, for the school that I chose to go to, as opposed to the other one. It just felt like a much more welcoming community. And I knew that I could make a difference and be a team leader for the team that I was going to be trying out for. I had three friends from my class of say 28 to 30 people in grade six, only three of them, myself included. So two friends go from our elementary school to the junior high school all of my other friends went to the other junior high and I didn't let that really play a factor into where I was going to end up because I knew that I'd still see them outside of school on weekends weeknights whether it was at dance or other sports um I just had to pick what felt best for me and what I thought was like the right decision at the time and, and I think that's a great story to share because you were, so you were going into grade seven, so you would have been, what, 12? Yeah, I think yeah. so. 
right? And so lots of times parents feel like they need to make a decision for their kids because they're too young, right? And so I think um, my personal point of view is that's a mistake, right? Like Mackenzie made the decision. And then if it wasn't, if it didn't work out, then there was, there was no one to blame, meaning like she made the decision and she would have been okay with the results and the consequences of that as she, as she was, like she said, she only, she had two people come. The other piece, and I think this is important as well, is that I remember Mackenzie saying, you know, she went to the, the other, with the one junior high, which was smaller and it was a, a completely different and she said, she said, they actually cared about me, mom. They wanted me there. They had conversation with me. They were engaged in conversation. She probably didn't use necessarily those words, but I remember her saying, I, um, they took the time to ask me questions and every single teacher that she met took the time to find out like who she was, you know, what her hobbies were, what sports that she was. And the other school didn't do that. And so because Mackenzie um, growing up had uh, the self-confidence and self-esteem to know that she was a valuable asset. And, you know, part of that is I, um, both her dad and I wanted our kids to have that. Uh, and, and no one's perfect and no one goes through life all the time, you know, with that, from that perspective, but it was because we didn't grow up with that. Like when our conditioning was much different, right. Than um, then where our, where we raised, raised our kids. I share that story because um, Mackenzie understood her value at a very young age and continues to know her value. Like if someone um, <laughs> speaks not kindly to Mackenzie, she is very clear on letting people know that that is unacceptable behavior. And she's not unkind about it. She's just very clear, very clear about her value and worthiness. And I think that also comes from the opportunity of, of uh, allowing your children to make a decision in their own creation and manifestation, even if you don't use the words, right? Even if, like you said, Ken, that was great. Um, I didn't, I never talked about manifesting it, right? I didn't want to make it weird for the kids because, you know, because <laughs> I was this black sheep in my family. I didn't want that for my kids. I wanted them to be, this is just how we do things, right? And so I think that's so important. I think, and now, Ken, we have like a, um, a minute left, totally putting you on the spot. I know, right? She's like, don't put me on the spot. But, but so, uh, and it might just be uh, 30 seconds. Is there any last like 10 second thing that you want to add? Anything else you want to share with the audience before we say goodbye? Um, oh man, mom. Uh, I think that if you want to achieve something in your life, you need to put it out there into the universe, whether it is on a piece of paper in your notes app to your partner, to your parents, your kids. I think it needs to be, I think if you verbally say it out loud, it happens way more efficiently, in my opinion, in my experience. Um, and I think having something Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Thank you for listening to Ignite Your Success with Ranchelle. Ranchelle returns Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Mountain, 2 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Until then, be big, be bold, be brilliant, be you.